0: What's up, Hyperfast Nation? We are live and in-person for the first time in a while for today's podcast. We've got a very special guest. He owns five Airbnbs now, has lived a really cool nomadic lifestyle the last year or so. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, today. He also teaches other people how to do Airbnbs, has hundreds of thousands of followers on TikTok. Welcome to the show, Michael Afonte. All right, welcome, Michael. How are you
1: doing today? Doing well, man. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. This is the first time, as you know, we've been in person in a while. And we're sitting today in a property you just closed on, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, just closed last week. Um, got a little bit of work to do and to furnish it, obviously, but we're super stoked. This seems to be the right time of year to be in South Florida, too. So couldn't beat the weather. We're excited about it.
0: Yeah, great weather day today, of course. And I'm sure that's motivating you to get this fixed up and ready and on the market for people that want to come down to South Florida and and vacation. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. So speed is the name of the game. We want to make sure we do everything right, Uh, but the faster we get it up and running, because in busy season, it's pretty huge uh, opportunity cost to not have it listed. So we're going to get everything up and running, but do everything we can to maximize the average daily rate and occupancy rate, of course. But yeah, speed's the name of the game. So I know this is your fifth Airbnb. Uh,
0: Tell everyone today, what what did you do before this? How did you you know buy that first one and and what were you doing before then and what's changed in your life since
1: yeah so after college I got into like a very entry-level sales job like a lot of people do in technology not really a huge passion for me it was just I heard you could make good money in sales so I could support you know a lifestyle and future family that way very quickly found out that I valued my time more so than money especially when I'm trading so much time for to make a quick buck right in sales and um, just hitting the phones every day and cold calling for something that i really wasn't super excited about selling that's what pushed me to learn about the term financial freedom obviously dove into the rich dad poor dad and all these other books and youtube's um, personalities that talked about real estate um, eventually you know fast forward a few years my wife and i were saving up um, money for our first ever real estate investment looked at the traditional single family home duplexes for long-term rentals my neighbor worked for a property management company and I started to learn more about short-term rentals And I was like, if these numbers are real, why isn't everyone doing this, like all in? So started to really just crunch the numbers and really try to understand the process and what it took to operate them. Um, And once we figured that out, we just went all in, bought our first place um, with the money we had saved up from work. And I actually sold my truck, which was my dream truck that I bought two years prior in order to have enough money to furnish it. So we were like all in and then never looked back since. How did that first
0: property do you do you kind of remember the the numbers on it and what it what it cost, what you had to put into it what it what it made
1: yeah so it was a new build actually in Nashville on the east side of town which uh, an area that's um, getting a lot of development now Um, but it was $495,000 was the purchase price and we did a 15% down conventional investment loan I think our interest rate was 4% or four and a half percent maybe a little higher actually since we we refined since then Um, the furniture And we put in a mural that was our our catch for that property was Nashville has murals all over the city that people there's literally hundreds of people lined up on a Saturday morning to take a photo and post it on Instagram. So that was the aha moment for me was how can we bring that inside the house and create that experience. So we paid a mural artist, I think, twenty five hundred bucks to put a mural with big butterfly wings on it. And it was like life size. And it says Nashville above it. That's what sells that property So pe- people um, go there and charge a premium a lot of it would take our a photo target. in front of it Exactly. Bachelorette parties uh, Nashville's one of the Bachelorette capitals of the world um, you know special occasions birthdays things like that family trips people love to create the memory and they'll pay extra for that so I think between that and all the furniture about 30 grand so on top of you know the down payment closing costs we were all in right around a hundred or 110 grand if I recall okay. And um, the first couple of months started to really ramp up with bookings, and then when the pandemic hit, we had a lot of cancellations and had to pivot to try and accommodate for longer stays. Um, and we were still, I think, only net negative cash flow for two months all of 2020, and everything else was pretty, pretty decent. And then with 2021, it's just been booming with normal tourism coming back to, to Nashville, and the cash flow there on that first property. I mean, we've been averaging like six k a month. Six
0: k a month. So that's seventy. 70- um, two K a year
1: after all expenses. Um, but that was the past like six months or so. So now that it's ramped up, we're at that level.
0: I mean, that's, that's insane numbers, right? If you're listening to this, it could go through the pandemic in a way, I guess where, where it held on, right? You weren't, you weren't bleeding money from it. So that's, that's like worst possible scenario, right? Worst case scenario,
1: we could long-term rent it, which we actually thought about doing, um, doing a furnished rental. But even then I think, the, you know, the most we could charge in that area is like like four grand a month is pushing it. And our net would still be like, I don't know, maybe 800 bucks a month or
0: something. Right. Which is still good. Which is great. That's a great
1: downside. Yeah. The great downside net. for a long-term rental. But then, uh, your, but then your, when you look is... at the upside, it was just, it's just insane.
0: 72K a year in 18 months, you could actually cash flow
1: your complete investment up front.
0: Right. Yeah, so so cash
1: your cash on cash return, return is, is insane. Ridiculous. I mean, my minimum is 25%, especially if I'm self-managing cash on cash for any short-term rental. Um, But then if you get into different type of loan options, which we ended up doing, that's the beauty about Airbnb is you could buy a vacation home that you wanna use with your family. When you're not using it, you're allowed to rent it out. As long as it's 50 miles away from your house, you could do a 10% down secondary home loan. Um, And we've had our first mountain house in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and we're getting over 100% cash on cash in the first 12 months that we've had that place, which is Like insane to me you know and it's a place that we can use whenever we want which is when when did you
0: buy that first one how long ago was that
1: the first nashville one yeah that was it uh i think we closed november of 2019. it's right before the pandemic and then when when did numbers two three four come into play so number two came actually we were under contract in march during when the first covid case came to the us Okay. Um, and the lenders kind of changed their terms on us we ended up having to come out of pocket a little more for the down payment we actually liquidated my 401k and my wife's IRA to fund that entire thing. And that one was more turnkey, it was fully furnished. Um, people told us we were crazy when we did it, but we still were cash flow positive every month we ever had that even during the pandemic. And then that little two bedroom condo in downtown Nashville has been cash flowing around 6k a month as well, which is pretty wild. Um, so it's just, it's just crazy to see some of this stuff come to fruition, but um, yeah, the upside with short term rentals is, is wild. So number three, Fast forward, that was in March 2020. Fast forward to, let's call it September or October, we put in an offer on our first mountain property because what we saw in trends in the US was people flooding to mountains, beaches, and lakes because they still wanted to get out of the house. They're all locked up and cooped up inside. Um, So the occupancy rate and average daily rates was through the roof in these different locations. And Gatlinburg's Pigeon Forge area is honestly probably one of the biggest and strongest vacation rental markets in the country, and it has been for decades. Um, So we bought the first one there and then fast forward we saved up a bunch of the cash flow from our properties some from work We actually partnered on the last one. We did before this one um, With the guy who built the houses across from us in Nashville on a place that needed some remodeling So got a lot of equity in that property and that one has just been performing extremely well Um, And so two years you went from zero to, to five as soon
0: as this place is renovated um, all doing thousands of dollars a month in cash flow. And I know just from watching you on TikTok, you and your wife live this nom- or have lived this nomadic lifestyle, right? So you're yeah. not, because I, th- I think sometimes people think about Airbnbs like, oh, how do I manage it? Or do I have to always be there? And it's, right. it's too much work, right? But you leave for
1: months at a time without even being near the area where your homes are, right? Yeah. Yeah, initially we thought if we were going to self-manage it should be close by Um, we quickly realized that with technology and software development on all these cool different apps and websites to help property owners self-manage without paying the traditional 30 plus percent of a property management fee which isn't unusual for pms to charge for short-term rentals but now you can have keyless entry you can send automated messaging to guests you can automate your calendar syncing with your cleaners so i was like this is amazing so we adopted all those tools Um, And our goal was to quit our jobs and travel for a while before starting a family. Um, So we packed up, rented our primary home out in Nashville as a long-term rental, because it wasn't zoned for short-term rental, um, and moved into a camper van, a converted camper van. And we've been traveling for over six months, been to over like 20 national parks, just hiking and just kind of enjoying life. And some of the areas, we didn't really have great service. So that was a little risky at times, but we were still able to do everything we needed to do right from our phones for the rentals.
0: Hold that thought for a second. Do you struggle with how to scale your real estate business without trading your most valuable asset, your time, for money? If so, Carrie and I wanna help you. Since March of 2020, we have doubled our sales and tripled our profit. And we wanna help you grow your real estate business in a smart way at the HyperFast Summit in Boca Raton, Florida on February 1st and 2nd, 2022. We're bringing together top real estate leaders to help agents from all over the world. Go to hfasummit.com for tickets. Again, that's hfasummit.com for tickets. What are the keys you think to, I mean, maybe it's a two part question, but both the marketing and, and sale of this experience that you're providing to people, like how, like how do you do that? And then what are you using on the management side? Yeah. Like what tools and methods to, to manage these? properties while you're not even there
1: yeah so I think the biggest thing that we learned and adopted early on was how to set yourself apart from the the ones you compete directly with in any given market and if you scroll on Airbnb or Virbo or any other uh, hosting site you're gonna notice that 90% of the properties start to blend together they look very similar like in the mountains all the cabins have very similar decor so how can you stand out because for me and being on TikTok too I understand attention span and click rate you have to earn a click or earn a view time right so the way i view airbnb is no different it's airbnb i don't market the properties or pay for marketing outside of just hosting on those sites airbnb and brbo and we my thing is have one to three key moments within a house to earn that click and then you get to the splash page where you have five photos and that's how you you want someone to see themselves staying, staying there and having an amazing time Again, those Instagrammable moments like I want to show everyone else that follows me online and my family and friends how great of a time I'm having at this amazing place that I found. Like, look at me. And you also create an experience which people are willing to pay for the experience on top of just, you know, a a bed to sleep on at night. So that's our strategy as far as standing out. Just kind of finding ways to differentiate while maintaining the overarching theme of that location. Um, And then for the management side, we use, it actually used to be called Your Porter. Now it's called Guesty for Host. Another company bought them. Um, there's other ones out there too. Smart b is a good one, hostfully. And that allows you to manage um, your listing on, across multiple platforms. So if you want to list on Airbnb, VRBO, booking.com even, you can sync the calendars and, host the, and even communicate with guests from that one thing and automate your messaging, send reports to your cleaners, do all sorts of really cool stuff. Um, and then for pricing, we use a tool called Price Labs. And that, that actually pulls market data for when there's high demand dates and it will based on your customizations you put in, it'll raise your prices or lower them for you based on the demand they see to help you capture more money on those busy days and help you capture bookings where you might ordinarily be priced out. So those are the two main tools.
0: Have you used any of the uh, kind of plug and play websites so you can list all of your places on one spot, like outside of the the normal kind of platforms or are you just strictly you know, on, on Verbo and Airbnb? and
1: Yeah, so right now we're strictly on those platforms. Actually what's cool about Guesty for hosts is that you can build your own hosting site directly through there it takes like five minutes to build oh, it cool. which is cool so and that'll sync with the other platforms as well so taking direct bookings is something we have interest in but right now it's just so convenient and when people think book a place now they think airbnb they don't right. think google for a property management or individual website um so you know i have additional marketing that's basically just through TikTok or instagram if anyone wants to see our properties they could follow us or the Instagram moments like the butterfly wings there's a little hashtag on the wall the living room wall so if they take that photo they can, even if they don't tag us someone could look up that hashtag and right. easily find our page with all our rentals on it so we've had people reach out saying hey my friend stayed there for a bachelorette I can't wait to do it can we book your place and I'm like this is amazing like it's free marketing and other people are doing it for us yeah you, sh- you should
0: like partner with a local photographer <laughs> and um you know, have them come over to take the picture in front of of the mural. Yeah, that's smart. (laughs) And now, if I understand, you are teaching other people how to do this, correct?
1: Yeah, so I initially started posting on YouTube about two months after we closed on our first one, and I just saw other people. I learned so much on YouTube just across the board, a lot of just like general finance, personal finance things, and I was like, I wanna just regurgitate what I'm learning here. So most of it was around Airbnb and then it gravitated toward just overall like personal finance and investing. Uh, But much of that content revolves around there. And my following didn't grow very much. My videos were pretty poor at first. Um, And I actually did a competition or like a friendly competition with some of my friends who you know one was doing a podcast, one was trying to scale their business on LinkedIn. And for me, I was trying to push people to YouTube. So we were like, let's do one post per day on TikTok for a month and just keep track and kind of an accountability group. And we did that and I had a couple of videos gain some traction and I'm like, this is the best platform for exposure, at least for me right now. Right. So I just kept up with that and, you know, quickly scaled to, you know, now almost 700,000 followers, which is amazing. So I had so many people flood over to Instagram or YouTube and message me and saying, Hey, can I ask you some questions? So I was taking free calls left and right just to try and help people. I thought it was fun um, and just sharing what I was learning. And then I had a lot of people, including my wife saying, why don't you build a course? Like I would take it. And I'm like, I've never thought I would be a course guy, you know? So I was like, okay, if people have interest in it, maybe I could help them. So I sat down, basically laid out everything I've ever learned or things I've built or used personally in an easy to consume format. And now hundreds of people have signed up for that and are taking it. And now I'm starting to see that since I've launched it about what, seven or eight months ago, now I'm getting messages, people telling me how much they're cash flowing and they followed everything that basically that we did. and it's just amazing to see people saying I'm cash flowing six grand a yeah. month, 10 grand a month on a single property, and it's changed my life. So that's more rewarding than any money that I would get from selling the course, but it's just cool to see other businesses that have developed through social media and just through sharing my experience. Well, I think too, if you,
0: if you, if you, if you give it away for free, and I'm sure everything in your course, people could go to YouTube and probably yeah. find, But it, but if you do that, I feel most people aren't committed to take action, right? That's, like, a,
1: good, that's a good point. It's like,
0: kind of like hiring a gym trainer. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. Um, you know, I have, I have noticed that a lot of people, even friends or people I, I went to like high school or college with reach out and sometimes I'll just take free calls with them, of course, or try and give them some resources. Hey, do this, this, and this, and you can do it. Like, anyone can do it. And a lot of them don't, don't actually take action, but like you said, I think the people who are committed to it will buy something or investing in themselves. Um, and they'll they'll actually take action so that's a good point.
0: Do you think the way you started where you go out and you buy the deals um, do you think that's the best way to do it or do you think people should look into the arbitrage right that's that's become a big thing is Airbnb arbitrage.
1: For sure I think what I tell people because a lot of the the, um, number one question I get asked is how much money do I need to start and so my answer has really change to that and saying well how much do you have and then pick a strategy because the beauty of Airbnb is you could start with no money you could co-host basically manage somebody else's property for them charge less than a normal p.m. would and you can automate it so it's almost completely passive for you and you could take a cut of the revenue or if you have some money definitely do arbitrage or partner with someone arbitrage is probably the best way to scale because you can do it without credit you can do it without huge down payments right You don't have to qualify for the loan. You just get a corporate lease signed, get approval to rent it. Um, So all you have to do is fork up money for some furniture, then re-rent an Airbnb. And you know, if you cash a few grand on one property, I mean the cash to cash return there could be one to 300%. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. Um, But yeah, buy and hold I really like for the equity. Um, You know, a couple years ago, people telling me that it's crazy to buy these places because prices were so high. And now fast forward now, and everyone's saying the same thing. So I don't know if real estate's gonna continue to rise, if it levels out, if it goes down. I still like the equity now because as prices go up, you can tap into that equity, which I'm about to do for several of our properties that have gained value and appreciation um, to to fund the purchase of more properties. So I think it's really start with what budget you have and then pick a strategy from there. But I think arbitrage is definitely the the thing everyone should look at as far as if you want to reach financial freedom in the next one year, I think anybody could do it through arbitrage.
0: Yeah, I I don't think there's a wrong answer to that in reality, yeah. like all three of those strategies could work. You know, like the hundred grand you use to buy your first deal. You, you could do arbitrage with that and probably do like probably 10 deals, right? Or, yeah. or maybe yeah, maybe sure. 15 even. And you don't get the, the equity. You could get kicked out of the lease after a right. year or two. So there, there's some disadvantages, of course. I think the prices are gonna go up just cause I'm in the builder development world and we can't, we can't meet the demand right now. Like we, we've just haven't built enough houses. I I've been saying this a lot, like, you know, Oh five Oh six Oh seven, we built more houses and apartments every year than we needed. And every year since we've built less last right. year was like, I want to say like 2 million less than we needed. And that was before the supply chain issues. That was now you, you can't get appliances. You can't get lumber. You, you can't get wood. And, even if you can get them, the prices are up and lead times are much longer. So there's, there's a lot of builders who, even though they're, they're making good money, they're just they're tired of the frustration and they're, yeah. they're, building, they're building less next year, even though they're making a lot of money, so. Yeah. Hey, that's a great thought, but let me get to this question that I just got from one of my followers, uh, right to my phone. Uh, by the way, did you know you can text me at 703 703- This is a new thing I've rolled out. I'm letting my listeners and uh, people that subscribe and follow me on social media connect with me directly to my phone on text message. It's me answering them and and responding. You can ask me anything about real estate, investing, business, whatever. Just text 703-215-1684 and I will respond to
1: you. That uh, demand—that's got to take, I think, think years, fly. right, yeah. for the supply to kind of catch up with the demand, I would think. So.
0: I think that plus the, the monetary policy of of just creating more money, it, it's it's going to lead to a lot of asset inflation, especially in real estate. For sure. What um, you know, if someone's watching this today is interested in in kind of learning more or getting started, what what do you think they should do?
1: I think the first thing anyone should do is seek free information and network. Um, yeah. I always encourage that before you know, spending your money on any type of course, even even though I think mine is great. I would still encourage you to go watch either my YouTube or there's a bunch of other great YouTubers out there that share a lot of free information, um, even on TikTok or Instagram. And I think you can gather a lot to at least make a conscious decision or effort to on which strategy you want to start with. Um, and then if you want that you know, a, a blueprint or a handheld experience, then, then go for, I think, a course. I think it helps avoid certain mistakes and maybe help, you know, scale faster and maybe get a higher cash flow or cash on cash return than you would if you were just doing it on your own. Because like anybody, right, I learned a lot as we went along, but there were certain things I probably would have done differently if I had the knowledge I had now then. So I think, number one, seek free information, network, learn from people as much as you can, um, and then just take action.
0: Awesome. How how big do you intend to scale this? I, you know, I know you're at five now. Are you are you planning on getting to ten or fifty or a hundred or? Yeah, what's, what's next? it's a
1: great question. I get asked that a lot. Um, I think you know we have obviously goals. My wife and I have like monetary goals as far as what we want to scale our cash flow to. It's not so much the number of properties. Right. Um, right now with our four, we're around thirty grand a month in cash flow. It's usually a little more. Um, with this one, we should be around forty, maybe a little higher most months. so I think we 'd like to scale to to a million bucks a year in cash flow alone and then and then figure out you know do we want to continue to like scale single family homes? Obviously, I want to scale my coaching business as well um, just to help other people do it um, but the yeah. crazy thing about that is it's it 's only like
0: probably for most people ten to fifteen homes at price points between 500 and a million K could, could get you to a million in yearly cash flow. Yeah. If you, if you think about just, if you get numbers. larger
1: properties. I mean, like our bigger properties are cash flowing, you know, two of them at least are cash flowing over 10 grand a month on average, which is crazy. And this one will cash flow 10 to 15 K a month. And, and to get that just cause I know there's a lot of multifamily guys, multifamily
0: guys out there to get that on a multifamily, you know, they're, they're selling these nice multifamilies now at like, cap rates. So. Wow. (laughs) Like that's what 25, is that 25 million that you'd have to own outright? uh, I believe to.
1: It's crazy. I always tell people to get
0: to a million in cash flow a year.
1: Literally one short term rental could set you financially free. Yeah. If you get in the right deal, a larger property, even if it's an arbitrage, you could do a a higher end luxury arbitrage deal where you still might have to come out of pocket 15 or 30 grand on like nice furniture if it's a bigger place. But that one place without even owning it, you could cash flow probably like eight to 10 grand a month, which is insane because you're not gonna see that. And that's what got me so excited about short-term rentals is you can't, you can't get that in any other form of real estate investment, unless you're doing like house flipping or just wholesaling, which that takes a lot of consistent effort and hard work. So for me, I want to, while this isn't 100% passive, you can still automate so much of it where it's still mostly passive. And at some point, you know, we'll probably pay a property manager or hire someone to manage it for us just through my S Corp, but. Right. For now why fork up 20 to 30 percent of you know hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to something that we could do in one to two hours a week
0: now the cash flow is amazing the opportunity is amazing you know i I hope more people take advantage of it Uh, i always like to end the podcast with a hyper fast round if you're ready for some rapid fire questions and answers what's your biggest piece of advice to a new real estate investor
1: i think my biggest piece of advice is pick like learn what you can and then narrow down to one or two strategies and get really hyper-focused on them and then take action. You have to take action. I think the biggest mistake most people make, like myself, was the paralysis by analysis. I tried to learn about wholesaling, house flipping, long-term rentals, short-term rentals, and if I had just zoned in on any of one of those and taken an action sooner, I think I could have just, you know, started compounding, you know, the, the cash flow or growth a lot sooner. What's one thing you think, successful real estate investors, uh, one thing that they, don't do that
0: you think they should do?
1: Short-term rentals. <laughs> short-term rentals. <laughs> um, I think for me, it's it's finding ways to differentiate. It, you know, Maybe it's more specifically with short-term rentals, but it can be for long-term rentals or even house flipping. If you can differentiate from your direct competitors in any one or two key ways, your, your profit margin, your cash flow, your cash to cash return is going to take a large jump. And especially in short-term rentals, because if you can get a higher booking rate at a higher average daily rate just because you have one or two things about that house that everyone wants to book versus all the other ones that's going to take you from an 80k a year property to 100 to 125k a year property so i think just finding one or two key ways to differentiate regardless what what you're doing as far as investing
0: yeah it's a good point a lot of agents investors they they don't step back i think kind of create that overall strategy up front so really good point uh, biggest challenges that are biggest challenge you've faced in business and how did you overcome it?
1: Definitely with COVID, I think. And, you know, we were fortunate where we just had the one property at the time. Um, but just learning to pivot, I think as a, I guess at the time, a small business owner, because I was still an employee at a company was just learn, And I think any entrepreneur needs to learn how to pivot because it's not going to be, you know, butterflies and rainbows 100% of the time when it's going great, it's going like amazing. But if something like that, like with COVID travel, that was probably the worst stop in the travel industry and hospitality ever. And so figuring out a way to pivot to where you could still cash flow, pivoting to like traveling nurses or construction workers that still had to work, you know, maybe away from home, um, but you can apply that to anything. It's just, you have to be able to pivot and and not be super stagnant in one area. So you gotta be open-minded about those things.
0: If you were starting over today and you couldn't take your money, your reputation, uh, your Rolodex with you, you can only take what you've learned from doing this now for several years. Uh, what would be the first thing you'd do?
1: First thing I would do is um, save up money for the first rental arbitrage deal. And then I would try to co-host for other people once I had experience doing that. And I would try to scale to five to ten arbitrage properties and then start taking that cash flow and moving it into to buy and hold properties. I think because um, I think anybody can do that, and it doesn't take much to get started there. Um, and it's the fastest way to scale, I think.
0: All right. Uh, last question. Where do you see yourself 10 years from now?
1: Uh, well, hopefully with uh, a family. My wife and I are looking to start a family soon. And um, in, a, in our dream home, we'd love to build that and just, you know, spending our time how we want with the ones that we love, family and friends, and hopefully not working too hard at all. <laughs>
0: all right. Well, thanks for being on the show today. I um I think we should come back and show people the finished product here. Yeah, uh, yeah do, do a follow-up. But if, in the meantime, if people want to learn more about what you do or connect with you, um, what should they do?
1: Yeah, the best way is uh, through, I mean, if you want to, like, see my content, I do the most on, on TikTok. Um, the more in-depth contents on YouTube and then Instagram, if you guys want to reach out to me, that's the place where, you know, I respond to direct messages, the most at least. Um, so you can follow me on any of those platforms, just Elefante 6 Um, and then all my resources are there. If you guys have interest in learning more too, but yeah, I'd love to hear from people that are listening.
0: All right. And we'll definitely put links in the show notes. Thanks for taking the time today, uh, to all of our listeners and viewers. Thank you so much for tuning in to, uh, what was one of our first in-person interviews in a while. Make sure you leave us some comments, give us feedback on this episode and share it with someone that you think could benefit. We'll see you next time